I need you to listen to this for me. Like we're friends, and and I feel like this could really help you if you listen to this podcast episode. She read some Harry Potter fan fiction, and that's not that's not clean stuff. I know what goes on on those websites. Like they'll give somebody like a three piece suit and a pocket watch or something, and you're like, what do you mean? This is his new look. How could that be his new look? You know, someone turns a corner to their cat, and the cat says, "Well, ha!" Like a southern gentleman, and I love that. Welcome to people you may know. My guest today is Greggy, another fantastic online friend of mine. And we do mention this in the show, but he's he's been very secretive. His online life is completely separate from his home life. His name isn't even Greggy. And I only found that out like two years ago. No. Oh my God. Time is a flat circle. It was like five years ago when we were going to meet in person right before I was like, oh my God, I can't wait to meet, to meet Greggy. And one of my other friends was like, I don't think that's really his name. And I was like, what? Yeah, it is. And he was like, no, I don't think so. I was like, uh, like confused doggy. And no, it it isn't his name. And guess what? I know it. And I'm never going to fucking tell you. I'm good at keeping secrets. Do you hear that? CIA or FBI or whoever may want to scout me for some very important position. Very good at keeping secrets. Greggy also had a very funny habit of liking his own posts, which I don't believe he does anymore. I assume because of low self-esteem. In this episode, we talk a lot about Stephen King. Greggy's a big fan of Stephen King. And we get into talking about the movie Stephen King movie, which is one of my favorites. And I had a very interesting experience seeing this movie in the theater. I used to see a lot of movies in the theater. I saw Scream 12 times in the theater. That was my first real movie obsession. I also saw Jerry Maguire six times in the theater. And I don't know that I even liked that that much. And I certainly was too young to have been watching that, especially that many times. I remember my dad taking me to see it. He had already seen it before. He took me to see it. And there's like this ridiculous sex scene in the movie where Kelly Preston, RIP, is saying to Jerry as he's having sex with her against a wall, which I assume no one has ever done in real life. She's like, never stop fucking me. And then he's like, I have to stop eventually. We're going to get tired. She's like, never stop fucking me. And he's like responding in this logical way. But if I don't stop fucking you, what's going to happen to your dubs or whatever? And I just remember being like, this is not really an appropriate movie to bring your child to. But I guess here we are. And then I saw it six times. I also had an interesting thing with Jerry Maguire where someone in the theater, one of the times that I saw it, I presume the last time, someone in the theater got on their knees and right up against another seat and peed, peed down the descending row of seats. And now this is weird enough, but there's also an episode of Bob's Burgers where Bob says that he peed in the movie theater during Jerry Maguire. Was that Bob Belcher in my movie theater? Is that a real person? Is he based on a real person? I mean, I'm just, I don't know. But really, I do feel like this is not to be a like life is a simulation thing. But honestly, honestly, the information is there. We just need to take it and accept it. But back to Stephen King movie. No, I'm actually, I'm not going to tell my Stephen King movie story. It's actually incredibly depressing, incredibly depressing, but I feel like I must have more movie theater memories. I was very obsessed with Scream. I wrote a Scream fanzine, just one issue, but I mean, wow, that sort of dedication. That's incredible. I was 11 or 12 years old at the time. So this was huge, huge for me. I just couldn't stop thinking about it. It was it was typed. It was typed on a typewriter. Very advanced zining. I bought a sweater that looked like the sweater Drew Barrymore was murdered in at the beginning of the movie. And I was bullied in it once. So similar experience. I 
I understand her pain. Matt Lillard was my crush from Scream. Stu, worst name in history. I once wrote a poem about Matt Lillard where I called myself like the, the bride he soon veils. Something like that, which doesn't, whatever. Okay, I'm not real, I'm not a poet. Like at that time, sure I was. And did I submit it to one of those like magazine things? It's a total scam. And they were like, we're publishing this. Look, it's great. What can we tell you? You're, you're gifted. I mean, what else can I say? This is what you're meant to do. Accept it. <laughs> but no, I'm not a poet anymore. Don't put that on me. So Greggy, you inspired this. Stephen King, you inspired this. Even though I didn't end up talking about you guys much. And I do apologize for that. How many more movie theater stories do I have? When can I share them? What will make them come out? I don't know. But for now, that's what you get. And welcome to the goddamn show. So uh, let's talk about how we know each other. I mean, it's going to be the same as pretty much everybody that I've had on so far, at least, where it's basically from the Hollywood Handbook Forum, right? That's right. Yeah. I was just a weirdo who <laughs> just posted <laughs> jokes and, and was dumb and, and uh, uh, very secretive. <laughs> Yes. Okay. So you definitely had the secretive element. I think we were all weirdos posting little funny things or trying to, but you definitely had some of the secretive stuff with your clown face, right? <laughs> yes. Well, that's also been like, uh, I don't know, a, a kind of a brand thing, I guess now <laughs> at this point, I've got, I've got the clown face everywhere. So, you know, you know, it's a real Greggy thing if if the clown is there. Okay, so it's almost like a check mark on Twitter. Absolutely, yes. That's uh, <laughs> that. That's why I don't need a check mark, and I, I don't really want one. Of course, I would, I would turn it down if they ever offered it to me. But um, you have your own brand. Would you ever consider handing out little Greggy clown faces to other people? Oh, that's interesting. Greggy verified. Yeah, I, I hope. Uh, well, I just hope one of my kids one day will will pick it up and, uh, you know, wear the clown face. Every father's dream, right? To get yeah. to pass on the exactly. clown face to their children. Yeah. <laughs> so when you did join for Hollywood Handbook, right? Or were you in the reality show show forum too? No, yeah, I was in the reality show show forum. Oh, okay, originally. so it's been a long time then. Yeah. Probably <laughs> at least eight years probably oh god yeah I guess so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no reason to keep track of these things right <laughs> why do we need to know <laughs> right. this is going to be a little bit of an icebreaker sort of game okay so okay. on this podcast i like to try to find things that we like have in common or just think about things that i know about you that that i also maybe like or i'm interested in so one thing we have in common is that we're both married that's true this first game is gonna be about marriage so i'm gonna name some things list some things and you're gonna tell me if you or your wife would be more likely to do that thing okay watch a documentary about factory farming me definitely she is not into documentaries really it's not her thing. Suddenly yell fuck. My wife. Very much my <laughs> wife. Yeah. What's uh, the context? Does this come out of anywhere? Can it be anything? Well, I, I assume she would have a reason. She's uh she's more of the, the swearing and anger type. Although, you know, I, I I do my fair share. Uh but how about you and your husband? I wanna I wanna know about this. He would, <laughs> but I definitely also would do that. He right. would just do it more often. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly the the where I came on that one. Okay, well. so that's another thing that we have in common. Our spouses are the potty mouths. <laughs> Suggest doing something you'll definitely never do. Like, we should vacation in Greece or let's train for a triathlon together. That's interesting. Uh, I don't know if either of us would be very likely to do that one. So you guys know, you know your limits. You kind of know yourselves and what you will or won't do. Yeah. I mean, we're also very, very poor. So like, uh, they, they would <laughs> like, uh, like uh, say, oh, we should go on this vacation. Like, you know, if we, if we said we were going to go on a vacation, 
that would be like uh you know it would be something that would never happen basically um okay. and uh when you when you have kids and and uh, uh you know it's it's hard to um have money for things yeah and you know a vacation for one is already super right, expensive right. but add two three four no that's exactly. yeah that's getting crazy so do you guys have a lot of the convos that are like if we win the lottery <laughs> we should do this <laughs> no we don't even do that so <laughs> not head in the clouds sort of people drive your car directly into a brick wall i think i've gotten in more car accidents over the years a big problem that i have <laughs> is i have really bad allergies and in the summer like uh or in the spring in the fall uh my eyes will just go nuts and i won't realize it until i'm in the car and driving somewhere and it's you know too hot and i put a window down or something and then suddenly i'm just like ah and i, I don't have a spot <laughs> to stop and and, uh, you know, take a minute. And even if I did, I'd be just, I'd have to have somebody come pick me up. So I think there have been times where I thought, you know, I, I might die <laughs> because of these, because of these eyes running so bad. Uh, so I would say that would definitely be me. Well, that's good. I'm glad you're not like, well, I am very suicidal. It would be me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, that's a good way to go. Maybe. I mean. Make small talk with the barista for a little too long. Ooh. That would be my wife, I think. Uh usually when we go out anywhere, I'm I'm very much just like, you know, get get whatever I'm doing done and uh if, if somebody like if if the person at the counter wants to talk and and like they start a conversation, I will I'll be polite and I'll I'll talk to them and I'll, I'll smile and pretend to laugh at, you know, whatever joke <laughs> they say or whatever. But I would never seek that out myself. If they, if they just wanted to, you know, take care of it and then get me out of there as quick as possible, that would be perfectly fine with me. But my wife will at times, you know, like uh, strike up a little conversation with people. I like knowing that. I like imagining <laughs> you seeing your wife talk to the person. Oh, God, really? Do we need this conversation? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like uh, when I was a little boy. I would always uh, my my for some reason my grandma loved to take me shopping with her, even though she knew I hated it. I don't I don't know what it was. I I, I guess she just wanted somebody with her, and I was the the oldest one or something like that. But I would just like while she was like trying things on or or talking to the lady at the register or whatever, I would be like pulling on her purse or pulling on her her coat pocket and being like. Uh, grandma. Okay. <laughs> Let's go now. That probably wouldn't go over so well with your wife. No, especially when I called her grandma, she would hate that. <laughs> you are the dungeon master for the power <laughs> warriors. <laughs> That's right. Yes. We play Dungeons and Dragons and everybody is a, a crazy kooky character, but I'm the guy that tells everybody yes or no when they say they want to do something how did you how did you get involved with this how... so it all started like a year ago maybe more than a year now um but I, you know i do the i did the podcast podcasts are wonderful where we would talk about podcasts and there's a lot of dungeons and dragons podcasts so i thought it would be fun if we did like a month where we we talked about podcasts that talk about Dungeons and Dragons, but then we also played a game ourselves. Our, our friend Bruce Reed Robinson, he was the DM at that time, and Joe McGurl and Alex May and my son Alex. We all played Dungeons and Dragons together for a while, and yeah, it was just fun to. I, I, the The game is fun, but also uh, editing together the story and putting music and sound effects and things like that on it I found to be very fun so we just kept at it for a long time and Bruce had to stop gaming at one point so Joe took over and then finally it was just like okay <laughs> we're not doing podcasts are wonderful anymore it doesn't make sense to continue that so maybe let's let's start this new thing together oh wow that's really cool that's a, a great origin story that <laughs> I was not aware of oh so really? it, yeah so, okay. So, the, I mean, I knew that you were doing the like podcasts are wonderful that it came from that, but I didn't think that was where you were like introduced to Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Yeah. I'd never, no, I'd never played it before that. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. So you are particularly good 
at like getting people together. You're really good at organizing stuff in general. You seem to be very responsible. You have like 60 <laughs> podcasts <laughs> and, and, you know, you also will organize like just little game nights. So I feel like that's some, somewhere that you really excel. I think uh, my number one thing is I don't have a lot going on in my evenings. <laughs> so it's pretty easy for me to just put something together. And then also, like, if we do a podcast or something, I've got some time to edit it and make it sound okay. I do have another game, and this one is based around what I feel is your greatest strength. Okay. I would like you to plan my family reunion. Oh, no. When you say plan your family reunion, what does this entail? What, do we, what all do we need to do? You tell me. I've, okay. I'm coming to you because I need help. <laughs> well, I guess, first of all, you need to figure out a date. And, you know, that's a real problem at this point because there's this whole, I don't know if you've heard about this, but there's this virus going around. And a lot of people are actually staying inside during this thing. Yes. So uh, it might be difficult to do a family reunion right now. We can plan it out. It can be like a wedding. Like in a year, we'll have this. Did, did you say it can be like a wedding? Should, should we do a wedding as well? <laughs> you want to renew your vows? You can. You know what? It can be a vow renewal. That's a great idea. Kill two birds with one stone. Do you and your husband feel like you, you could maybe use that right now? Is that something you need? Yeah. No, I always, yeah, I do worry about couples doing the vow renewal. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of got a rough patch going, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so you decide on the date. You got the perfect date in mind. Got to let everybody know. So you got to get on Facebook first and foremost, I would say, and send the invite to everybody. And they've got to like uh, get it in their notifications and roll their eyes like, oh, fuck, I don't know if I want to do this. <laughs> so everybody's going to put maybe on there. <laughs> you know, if you got a grandma or somebody, you might have to send out a letter. You could call. If you send a letter, they would be tickled pink by that. So True. that could be good. But, you know, if they're dead, that's no problem. Nothing to worry about there. <laughs> what else do I need to do? What do we do at the family reunion? Okay, at the family reunion, you've got to have everybody bring potato salad, okay? <laughs> you need a uh, a pool, like one of those little kitty pools, a plastic one, and you got to put ice in there. You're going to want to cut a watermelon in half, but then, like, like with the, the the spikes on it, so it goes Ooh. up and down. Yes. Yeah. You want that deviled eggs? There's got to be deviled eggs. If you want to get fancy, you can have like a grill. If you, do you have like an uncle that loves to grill? I think he died. Oh, uh, my no. grill and uncle died, and that is grill true. Bad. Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> well, maybe somebody could be the grilling uncle. You got to have a new grilling uncle if you can rustle somebody up. You could definitely stand to have a, a grill. I mean, you don't want to you don't want to go too nuts with like uh, vegetables and stuff. Nobody nobody wants that at the family reunion. Nobody so wants you want that like vegetables? <laughs> you're always like, why? This is not an event. I'll eat vegetables at my own house. I'm not mm -hmm. going to eat them out. I'm going to eat the fucking deviled eggs and the potato salad. <laughs> right. I feel like I'm I'm just describing like all of my family reunions and maybe not everybody has this exact experience but I think yeah I think when you are poor as mm -hmm. both of us are mm -hmm. I think it's pretty much the same but mm -hmm. if I if you were going for like a higher class individual they may <laughs> not love this plan <laughs> They'd want to rent out a hall or some shit, oh. not just go to a park. <laughs> no, you got it's got to be at the park. Come on, and it it can be kind of fancy because you do have to call ahead and and you know request the pavilion. So I mean that's 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 fancy in a way. You know what? At our parks around here, usually you just have to show up really early mm -hmm. and stake the claim to the yep. friggin' bench you want. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> You mentioned you used to host Podcasts Are Wonderful. Yes. Which was a great, funny podcast where you'd have on your friends who would play characters and your children who would play characters. And 
and you'd talk about a particular podcast episode. You would, would review it. Since you're not doing that podcast anymore, I imagine you miss reviewing podcasts. Yes, it's one of my... Well, actually, I've snuck in a couple of episodes, and I've done episodes even after I stopped doing it. You know, it's just a hard habit to break. I've just been keeping at it and been writing down reviews of podcasts. <laughs> but yes, that is... Uh, it is something that I love to do. It's my true calling in life is to review podcasts. Good, because my next game is going to require you to review a podcast episode. So what I'm going to do is just tell you the description of a podcast episode. And then here's the catch. I'm going to give you very specific guidelines for how I want your review to go. Oh, okay. That's maybe unfair, but this that's just the game, buddy. Okay. No, that's that's perfectly fair. The first one, I need the review to be absolutely scathing. Ooh. Brutal. Okay. Okay. The Lunch Podcast, episode 32. <laughs> <laughs> the Mannequin Challenge featuring Houston Sheeran. Mm-hmm. Houston comes on the pod to answer Casey and Alex's doctor questions. Everyone talks about the mannequins at Target and Alex proposes a new thing called Just Apps. Overall, everyone is doing pretty good. Okay, so I got to give a bad review of this episode. Mm-hmm. A scathing review. Okay, so when you turn when you tune into Lunch Podcast, you want to hear about one thing, lunch. You don't want to hear about how horny these three men are for the, the target mannequins. And... Okay, they, they raise some good points. The target mannequins are too sexy. But that has nothing to do with lunch. It's it's stupid to waste everybody's time to talk about it. Houston isn't even that kind of doctor. Apps for lunch? I don't think so. At, at lunch, you get a sandwich or something. So pretty bad podcast. I would just... Okay, usually I would do 1 to 10 scale, except for I would only give it 8, 9, or 10 because of how hard it is to make a podcast. But in this case... This lunch podcast episode that I, I hate so much, I'm going to give it a one. Whew. Wow. Alex and Casey are going to be heartbroken. But you know what? That's, I mean, you're just being honest. Yeah. And I'm not allowed now to go back on that. Absolutely give, not. No. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Hey, they're my words. I said them. I stand behind everything I've ever said. Okay, good. For the next review. Okay. You really hated this episode. But you're friends with the host, so you're trying Mm. to find some positive in it. Lots, lots of those. I've had lots of those (laughs) reviews. Greggy joins host Valerie on Mm. the People You May Know podcast to Mm. talk about all things comedy. They share their favorite movie quotes and laugh until they cry. Then Greggy opens up about his father's murder which was unsolved before Valerie cracked the case. The dog did it. So this podcast, Valerie has really made leaps and bounds in the sound quality. It sounds so good now. <laughs> she's, she's done a real good job. She's really cracked that code. And I, I really give it up to Valerie for, for doing that. You know, Greggy said at the beginning that he, he had laryngitis. So for, for a guy with, with uh, not very good vocal cords at the time, he did a, a really good job of, you know, speaking and, and saying things. Let's see. Would this be a written review or, or would I be, be talking and you could hear me? Um, uh, <laughs> I think I'd like to and... hear you him and haw. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's see. So some... Some people might find some of the humor to have been in bad taste. (laughs) But for me, I like edgy comedy. And I think that these guys were really doing a pretty good (laughs) try. (laughs) A pretty, they they did a pretty good try. Wow, that was amazing. That was actually glowing. I love that. (laughs) And that would definitely, that would have definitely been an eight out of 10. (laughs) For the final review. I'd like you to try to convince me that this podcast episode saved your life, even though you completely spaced out when I gave the description and you don't remember anything I said. So this one will not have a description. Mm, Okay. No, no, Valerie. So the thing is, 
I need you to listen to this for me. Like we're friends and, and I feel like this could really help you if you listen to this podcast episode. You know, I've had a really tough year and just being able to escape with a podcast episode like this, it's just something that you don't get all the time. And I know you've had a really tough year as well, like your year, maybe even three times as bad as mine. And so I think this could really be what you need to turn yourself around on it. The host, I'm spacing on their name right now. (laughs) Some of the stuff they were saying, it was just like, yes, you know, it was just like, yes, yes, I get that. I'm with that. And the subject matter was just what I needed. It was just what I needed. <laughs> and I think I think uh I think it could really it could really be great for you, Valerie, if you listen to this episode. Wow. Fantastic. <laughs> you really did convince me. <laughs> <laughs> and now is when you tell me that we were talking about some like alt right fashion <laughs> podcast. Yeah, no, I'll cut it together and just turn that into a review of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you have my permission. Feel free. <laughs> okay, fantastic. So the last thing is Stephen King. Oh, Stephen King. That guy. Tell me about your interest in Stephen King. When did it get started? What was the first thing you read by him? Or, or was it that you saw a movie and you were like, I need to read that book? I'm trying to remember. When did I start reading Stephen King? I think it was as an adult I started reading Stephen King. Oh, really? It wasn't like a like a kid thing where I, I got into it. As a kid, I mostly read like science fiction. I was was reading science fiction, and and I also I also liked like horror movies and stuff. So I think finally I was like, what if I what if I read a book that was scary? So I picked up Stephen King because he was the, the big guy or whatever. And yeah, I think that that was just it. I don't think I have like a big turning point. I just picked up one of the books. I think I think The Stand was the first Stephen King book I read. And it was it was a good book. So I, I enjoyed it from there. I mean, that is one of his better books. So it was good that it started there <laughs> and not not like Lisey's story or something. But yeah, now I, I read exclusively horror fiction. I don't know why. That's just what I what I always read. I read spooky, scary stories. And when I try to read like a, I, I read a, a book of sh- a short stories, science fiction, like a Kim Stanley Robinson book. And while I was reading it, like I kept waiting for the horror turn to happen, like where everything would start <laughs> going bad and I would just never come. And it just felt very unsettling to read a story that way. <laughs> so you... Like, even in your sci-fi, you want it to have a really dark turn. <laughs> I guess so. I, I I also read a book called The Three-Body Problem recently, and that, that was fine. It was just a science fiction book. And I will sometimes read just, like, literature, like, or, you know, books about people and stuff like that rather than, you know, a, a genre fiction. But, yeah, especially short stories, I think I am expecting it to become a... A horror thing okay and do you get scared reading the horror books like or mm. is it just no it's not scary no no i don't get i don't get scared about anything really i guess like real real life things that happen i guess would probably probably be pretty scary like mm, but no not like watching a movie or reading a book or whatever does not really scare me Interesting. Do you remember the last movie that did scare you? Was it like when you were a teenager or were you never really scared? I think the last movie that really scared me, uh, it might have been kind of the situation as well. I I went to stay the night at a friend's house and we put on Freddy's Dead. And uh, (laughs) it's a a dumb movie where like a a guy goes to sleep and he's inside of the Nintendo and and Freddy comes and says, uh, I'm going to kill you, bitch. And, he, you know, he, he tears them up with his uh, claws and everything. But for some reason, it really freaked me out. Also, that night was also very scary because my friend's, like, stepdad came home and he was, like, super drunk. And I was raised Mormon as a kid. I had no experience with, like, people being drunk and stuff like that. So that really, like, freaked me out. But it, it was fine, really. He was he was not, like, being mean or anything. He was just being silly and, and drunk. I mean, but but when I was a kid, I mean, this, this would have been I would have been like eleven probably when this came out on in uh on VHS, and 
a scary movie would would scare me at that time i think but definitely i think these two things did go together to make it seem more scary to me so what is it that makes you attracted to the horror genre if you if it doesn't scare you what do you think it is that you like about it i don't know that's a good question and i thought about it a little and i i don't really know i i, <laughs> I don't know i think there's do I do I want to get like uh, real about it? I, I think uh, there's there's something sort of realistic in the way that everything terrible happens in a horror story. <laughs> that it's more that's more like what real life is like than like you know a, a nice story where the hero wins in the end. So it reinforces your pessimism. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think so. But I, you know, I don't know if that's necessarily the the big reason why I like it. I don't know. I just like I just like that that kind of storytelling. I guess. Have you seen Sinister? Hmm. No, I don't think so. What is Sinister? It's one with Ethan Hawke, where he's a writer and he goes and moves into a house where a murder took place, but he doesn't tell his family that that's why they live there. Oh, okay. It's really good. I would say it's one of the actually scary movies I've seen until like the very end, then it gets really stupid, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like with Stephen King, a lot of the right. stuff takes that turn. But mm-hmm. before then, it's so scary. Like the last time I watched it, I was like, I don't think I can watch this anymore because it's just <laughs> incredibly disturbing. I would say the other scariest movie I saw was a BTK documentary. I don't even know if you could classify that in the same way. Maybe that was more just like devastatingly sad mm. than scary. Yeah. But that's the the real world thing. Like you were talking about, I guess, if you're thinking about real things that happen, sure. Those are terrifying. Mm. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't like those. I, I'm not into true crime and stuff like that. You know, so that kind of puts holes in my theory that I had because, uh, you know, true crime, that's like, that's definitely showing you the bad things happen. Maybe it's in the horror movies. Like, I don't know, you have more control. You have the ability mm-hmm. to feel that fear or like bad things happen, but it's in a safe way. I, I yeah, don't know. yeah. No, that's that's true. That's probably right. I always like love all the emotion any sort of emotion that movies and TV can make you feel like I love crying at a TV show. It's the best. (laughs) You're not like really sad about anything. Nothing happened. You don't know these people. This isn't your life, but you're still so sad in like a fake way. It's very weird. It's just, it's again, maybe a safe way to be sad without like actually getting the like heartbreak from it i don't know yeah you can you can turn it off and walk away from it anytime you want it just feels like a cleansing or something but i really love horror movies too and i was obsessed with them when i was a little kid i would rent every freaking horror movie i could find and most of them sucked i was always so (laughs) disappointed i was like oh this isn't scary damn it Nothing was like dark enough. I needed everything to be like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like ripping people apart and they just were never gory enough. But I feel like maybe there's a part of horror that is almost like porn or something where when you first see it, it's so like titillating. It's just like this shocking, like, oh my God, they're not supposed to put that in a movie. And it just piques your interest in that way. And maybe that's how that lasts into adulthood i don't know that it's like our brains are stimulated by it could be (laughs) so what i want you to do is guess what my favorite stephen king works adaptations are Hmm. i have two and i want you to guess what they are in a 20 questions style way Okay. So we'll do one at a time. Okay. The first one is the protagonist a writer? No. Hmm. Okay. Is it a, is it a TV series? Was it on TV? Yes. Okay. Was there a supernatural monster in it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's see. I don't know because uh, that struck out the the JFK one. It can't be that because there wasn't any monsters in that one. I did like that though. Yeah, that was pretty good. Kind of fell apart at the end, but sort of the book. <laughs> Is the lead guy like a, a policeman? Yes. Okay. Is it the outsider? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that was really good. I, yeah, that was really good. Yeah, I thought it was 
I don't know, just way better than I would expect. Like, because normally I hate anything that has that supernatural element, even if I can like it, like Jeepers Creepers. I think that movie's really good until you're like, it's a bat. Then I think it's super (laughs) stupid. So even if I like a movie, like if there's a supernatural element, I probably don't like that part at least. But for The Outsider, it doesn't make it any worse to me at all. I feel like it's it's well done. And usually child murder can also be a little eye-rolly, but (laughs) it's like they do it very well. Yeah, I really liked it as well. I, I actually like the ad- adaptation better than the book. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Like the book was really good at the, the setup where they were, um, you know, trying to figure out how the heck this this murder could have happened. And then I felt so let down when it was because there was like a monster doing it like that. That's not cool. I mean, uh, if you want to do a, a mystery, do a mystery. But in, in the I guess I, I was ready for that in the TV show. So. It didn't bother me as much. Well, and I was actually just thinking about it, how hard it would be to write that TV show into a book. Like even knowing (laughs) everything that happens, if you tried to write like this supernatural being like wears a hoodie and (laughs) invades bodies, like how do you make that not sound fucking stupid? Because a lot of the stuff that they do on the show to make it cool is like, showing the CCTV footage or whatever, where you see Jason Bateman and he's himself, but he's just moving a little weird. Not Mm. so weird that it's like Stepford Wives or something where it's really kind of cheesy, but it's like just enough that you go, ugh, it's just like kind of creepy, but you couldn't really get that across in words or it would be very challenging. (laughs) It did kind of help that the, the monster or whatever was even in the end, he was just kind of a guy still. I mean, like he, he was a guy with powers or whatever, but he wasn't like a, like a, a centipede or something. You know? That's true. That's <laughs> true. I guess they could have gone a lot more supernatural or you'd be like, mm-hmm. oh God. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So there's another one yes. that I have to, let's see. So it's definitely not The Outsider. I can knock that off right now. <laughs> have you read any Stephen King? No. Okay, so I know it's not a book. <laughs> oh, very tricky. Trying to think. What can I what can I ask that's gonna knock a lot of stuff out right away? Does it take place in a prison? No. Okay. No Green Mile, no Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> uh <laughs> Are there are there a lot of kids in it? No. Okay, so it's not the it's any of the it's not stand by me. Hmm. Is there a supernatural monster in this one? Kind of. Kind of. Okay. Is it within the last five years that it came out? No. Okay. Okay. A little farther back. There's kind of a supernatural monster. So it can't be Misery. I know it's not Misery because there's nothing supernatural in that book or movie. I guess. I guess is is it a, is it Cujo? It could be a dog. I mean, that's one of my 20 questions. It's not Cujo. Okay, it's not Cujo. Okay. <laughs> I didn't really think it was Cujo, but I, I was just checking. <laughs> what has come out not within the last five years? It could be like your number one thing. Wow. I think I think it might be Stumped. Is there aliens? Is there aliens in it? No. No, no aliens. Okay. You didn't ask your first question from last time. Ooh, what was my first question from last time? I don't remember what my first question was last time. Is the protagonist a writer? Oh, yeah. Is the protagonist a writer? Yes. Okay. Oh, okay. We had a... It could be that... It could be that Johnny Depp movie. Is it Secret Garden? Oh, God. Secret Window? No. No. That would be, that would be weird. If that's what it was, Valerie, that would be weird. I would I would judge you on that one. So who's a writer and it, the, no aliens? Oh, was it The Shining? No. Okay. That's... Uh... That's a very good guess, though. Yeah, that's a that would be a big one. That would be a big one for sure. It has one big thing in common with The Shining, actually. Okay. Okay. So we got a we got a author, we got a we got a monster. Well, kind of. Kind of a monster. Oh, something in common is it fourteen oh eight? Yes, it. Okay. Okay. 
<laughs> there we go. Yes. Uh, the big thing in common is the hotel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love 1408 so much. Oh my God. It's one of my favorite movies ever. And I think that's another one where the adaptation is actually better than the, the story that it came from. Oh, really? Yeah. Because the story, I mean, it, it's kind of like dreamy, kind of like the movie, but the movie did a good job of, you know, capturing something with that. Did they, in the book, I know Stephen King does like the pop culture references. Did they have the, we've only just begun gun song replaying by the carpenters i don't think so i don't remember that but it i think it was like a short story rather than a book oh okay it's been a while since i read it because i felt like that was like very memorable and just the way the room was like taunting him to kill himself see why it was hard when you're like is it a sci-fi monster or whatever natural monster i'm like i don't know <laughs> <laughs> it's a room that's evil i don't know yeah. Sorry for asking if it might be Cujo or <laughs> some of these other bad ones. I know, that was fucked up. That would be weird. That would be weird if it was Cujo. The Shining, I mean, that that's a good, everybody yeah, loves The Shining, so that would have been fun. Yeah. I do really like Dreamcatcher, and that might be oh, no. kind of cheesy. Yeah. I just oh, think yeah. there's some really good moments. I think the look of, like, the weird blood or whatever that's everywhere is really mm. creepy. And I don't know, there's just some really creepy moments and that's like enough for me to like it. Yeah, like the animals all running out of the forest is, yeah. is, a, good, is a good thing. Like when once that starts happening, you know something bad is going to be going down. And some of the like uh, making the memory like a literal room was kind of interesting, like looking for whatever they were trying to remember about their childhood friend or something. Just kind of interesting. Okay, Dreamcatch is good, actually. <laughs> I do want to ask you about your thoughts on a couple that I have not seen. Mr. Mercedes, have you watched that TV show? I watched the first part of it, like the first, I don't know, like five episodes or something like that, I would say. And then I really fell off. I think the guy that they got was pretty decent. Like he was uh, good. They definitely, they big time did the thing in Hollywood where like his love interest was way too young for, for oh. him. Did you watch it at all, that one? No, someone recommended it to me, but I never watched it. That one is kind of interesting because it is not a supernatural story. In the book, it kind of becomes one at the end, but it's like in the last, spoilers to anybody, but it's in the last like five pages of the book, it becomes supernatural and there's no real reason. For it. <laughs> like why? But the interesting <laughs> thing about that one is um, the character Holly from The Outsider, mm. She that was where she appeared for the first time was in that. Uh like she was a, she's a recurring Stephen King character. Now. Okay. I love her in The Outsider. She is so so good. Yeah. She she the the actress that played her did a really great job at it. The New Pet Cemetery. Have you seen that Ooh. one? Very bad. Very bad. Yeah. Actually the the original Pet Cemetery movie is also pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> like the the little the little boy that they have in there um He's actually a little creepy, so like that kind of uh -huh. worked a little bit. Uh -huh. um, but yeah, the new one, awful, like very boring and, and too much CGI and, and not very good. That's a really good book, though. You, you maybe that's oh, a, really? actually a very scary book. And yeah, I, I tried to reread it. I, I haven't been able to read it since I, I had my kids. So I guess I'm, I must have uh, started. No, no, I must have read it when my kids were little. That's fucked up that I read that book when my kids were little. And then when they were older, I couldn't read it because I was like, oh, this is too much. This is too much for me. But I guess at one point it was okay with me. <laughs> okay, so that would be a good one for me to pick now. As a childless woman, I could read it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. How about Hearts in Atlantis? Is, that, is it one of the ones that, you know how he occasionally makes the ones like, Shawshank Redemption that's like just in no way scary or creepy at all is that what Hearts in Atlantis is like or is it actually I think it is like that like there are like there's like I think Anthony Hopkins is an alien in it oh okay <laughs> so it's not like uh it's not like Shawshank where it's like uh you know just a story or whatever and, and there's nothing you know supernatural in it but yeah, I think it is like a heartwarming tale. Yeah, put Anthony Hopkins in something and I'm usually like, 
oh, this is for people older than me. I don't think I'll ever be old enough to want that. I feel like that's just marketed <laughs> toward a different person. How about Dolores Claiborne? I don't know if I've ever seen the movie. I think that is a, a non-supernatural one. No, I've seen the movie. I've seen the movie because I remember Kate, Kathy Bates is really good in it. I think that's a good one. I think that's actually good. Okay. Yeah, I always wanted to see it. Like, I think it came out when I was a little kid and I just, it somehow mm -hmm. didn't, I wasn't able to see it. But I, I saw Misery for the first time as an adult. And I don't know, I imagine... If that one's good, the other one's probably good. I mean, maybe that's yeah. weird. <laughs> I love Misery. Misery is great. Yeah, it's a really good one. So what are your favorite Stephen King works? And are there any books you've read from him that are better than the movies or that they haven't even made into a movie or TV show yet? Well, there's some ones that are easy because like the Dark Tower, <laughs> the Dark Tower <laughs> movie is awful. It's terrible. They did a terrible <laughs> job. And it's nothing at all like the books. And they kind of tried to cram a lot of stuff in there. So, yeah, the book of that is better. Yeah, Misery is a great movie. Of course, The Shining is a great movie. The Shining is a great book as well. And The Shining book has a different theme to it. It's it's about like Jack Torrance, like uh, fighting alcoholism kind of. And like and, and that's why Stephen King famously doesn't like The Shining, the movie, because, you know, Jack Nicholson did an amazing job of just, you know, slowly going crazy and, you know, uh, making his family think he's going to murder him or whatever. But it, it's not the same character necessarily as in the book. Dr. Sleep, not a great, I mean, it, it's not The Shining. And it, it's they, they did a good job of it being both a, a sequel to the book and the movie. So there's like homages to it, but it's not the not the same, really. What about Room 227 or whatever that documentary was about The Shining? Mm. Did you watch that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's fun. I don't know. I think if you're looking for... Like uh, conspiracy theories about Stanley Kubrick movies, you, you got to go with like uh, Eyes Wide Shut and stuff. Like <laughs> much much easier there. But uh, he's a he's the kind of guy he could have you know, he could have been meaning to do all that stuff. Yeah, because like initially in that documentary, because that one I did watch. At first, I was like, "This is crazy. There's no way like all of these things are as deep as you think." Because I remember them saying that the pattern on the carpet was like a reference to the Apollo 11 space shuttle launch or something fucking weird. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no way. But then they went on to say something about Stanley Kubrick being obsessed with that or something that made it seem plausible where you went, well, wait, is it? <laughs> so yeah. like by the end, they kind of convinced me of more of their weird conspiracy theories. The one that I remember thinking was really cool was how they explained that like the layout of the hotel didn't make sense. Right. Yes. He would have been aware of that. Like Kubrick mm -hmm. would have known that. So it would have been intentional. Yeah, that's I think that is like 100 percent. But I think that's just a good a good idea of something. If you're if you're making a, a story about like that sort of a thing, like that's yeah. a good idea. You can just do that. Totally. <laughs> and, and people won't necessarily notice it, but it'll you know, it, it'll you know, they'll, they'll subconsciously they'll get it. Yeah, it could be subconsciously off putting or unsettling or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very interesting. You know, I think he's done a lot of really good, like Carrie, the movie and the book are both great. Did you see the more recent one too? Yes, I did. Not as, not, of course it's not as good. I mean, though the first one is a classic. It doesn't make sense to remake that one. Uh, the Stand is a really good book. I, I would definitely recommend that, especially the very beginning part where everybody is like dying from sickness. <laughs> like that would probably resonate quite a lot right now. <laughs> What is the stand about? The stand is about like a super virus that they that goes through and kills like ninety percent of everybody, and then also like a lot of people just die because their their family and their their friends around them have died, and you know they they get in accidents or they you know whatnot. Mm -hmm. So like the very the very beginning of it, like maybe the first third, probably less than that, probably like a quarter or something like that, is just about how the virus spreads and and a lot of people die and stuff like that. But then. Of course, it's Stephen King, so you know the, everybody starts having visions, and they all get pulled to across the country, and you know, yeah, it's all a very Stephen Kingy. Not a not a very scary book, I would say. I mean, except for like existentially, like uh, <laughs> right? imagining you know everyone in the country dying. That could be that could be a little 
nerve wracking, I guess. It's like a little bit like the leftovers, but more extreme. So the leftovers, I mean, I guess they don't know that the people died, but they're gone. And it's like mm. a fairly good percentage of the population, an eighth yeah. of it or something, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Almost everybody in the stand, though. The leftovers was like the pussy version. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I didn't want to say it. <laughs> we were all thinking it. <laughs> it is a great book. The recent adaptations, especially the first one, I liked a lot. But, you know, especially as a fan of the book, like I thought they did a really good job with a, there was a lot of like little little uh, Easter eggs and stuff like that in there for people that were real familiar with Stephen King stuff. It's not really like based on anything. It's just <laughs> kind of like a everything thrown together but that um what is castle rock that series on hulu that they did especially that second season was amazing that's really good i still didn't finish the second season i loved the first one so much like until the very end where it was like confusing (laughs) just too much going on and then looking at his recent stuff uh the book revival was really good i think that was the last like good good book that he put out from 2014's if it bleeds he put out this collection if it bleeds recently it's got a uh like a sequel to the outsider kind of with holly and she uh she finds a different monster to uh, to uh hunt down and that was a pretty good story there was several like bad stories in it like not interesting not good ones to me anyway but yeah so maybe don't check that one out unless you you want to read a, a outsider sequel that one would be cool it is always like i feel like anytime there's short stories or little collections or like the movies like four rooms where it's like a couple stories or or with stephen king cat's eye mm-hmm. is like the little stories they're like kind of shitty like i don't know yeah. there's like maybe one that you like and the rest mm-hmm. you're like god these are dumb <laughs> and what is revival about it's about a, a kid that goes to this church and uh his his reverend his uh the leader of the church his wife and, and daughter die they, they get in like a car accident or something and and uh the the preacher kind of curses god and and leaves town and then it, it just kind of follows this kid for a while and then uh, eventually he meets back up with the preacher and yeah they they, they have a revival i guess <laughs> They they get back together, uh, supernatural stuff starts happening, and yeah, it, it, a very a very good ending for a Stephen Stephen King is not great at endings, but this one has a, a really good ending, I would say. So, if you were to recommend anything, anything that you're really into that you think either I should be into or just anybody and everybody, is there anything that you would really want to recommend to people? It could be a Stephen King thing or it could be something completely like that something we haven't discussed yet yeah i guess i would say check out you know check out one of the big one of the big stephen king books like an it or uh the shining or something like that the stand check one of those out i mean they're they're all like big bookend you know they're big uh huge piles of paper so you're gonna be stuck in it for a while but you know they're they're worth reading what have i read recently that was really good there's a book called the troop by a guy named named nick carter nick cutter actually okay so not not nick carter no 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 (laughs) nick cutter and it's it yeah if you want like a very brutal texas chainsaw massacre type uh experience uh while you're reading a book uh you you could go in for that because it is pretty brutal uh, but it is it's really good i think i've been listening to this podcast called escape capades which is kind of a weird mix of um like a dungeons and dragons and improv comedy it's like they, they have comedians come in and and solve escape rooms <laughs> <laughs> and uh, of course the one person you know they th- there's actually like uh like a puzzle that they've either come up with or found a book for i don't know exactly uh, where that comes from but they, they kind of interpret it for the comedians to to try and solve and and you can tell sometimes she like pushes them along and <laughs> helps them helps them solve it somebody on twitter turned me on to that recently and i really enjoy it i'm sorry it, if you're listening to this and you're the person i apologize I, I don't mean to forget who you are that book i definitely do want to try that i I think i probably would be a little scared like i'd probably be like i can't read this before bed 